Hello, and welcome to the Thinking Jew Podcast, where we dive deep into Torah and Judaism to uncover its hidden beauty. Come join us as we take a closer look and breathe new life into traditional Jewish ideas. And now, here's your host, Rabbi Moshe Siegel. Hello, and welcome to episode 72. Today, I want to discuss the laws, customs, and the deeper meaning behind a yard site. This episode has a special meaning as it was generously sponsored with a gold-level sponsorship by my good friends Sasha and Alyssa Sikular. They sponsored it in memory of Sasha's father, Yerachmiel ben Chaim Halevi, whose second yard site was last week on the second day of Passover. May the Torah learning and mitzvahs that result from the ideas shared in this episode be a source of great merit for his soul to ascend higher and higher in heaven. So let's begin with explaining what a yard site is, and then we'll go on to explain the custom laws and the deeper meaning. The word yard site is really a combination of two Yiddish words, yar and tzait. Yar means a year, and tzait means time. So yard site means a time of year or anniversary, and it commemorates the anniversary of the day of passing of a close relative. The yard site is calculated based on the Hebrew date of the day the person passed away. So it's not based on the date of burial. If someone wasn't buried for a few days after they passed away, the yard site is calculated by the earlier date of passing. Also, keep in mind that the Hebrew day always begins at sundown. So the yard site would begin at sundown of the Hebrew date of passing for 24 hours until sundown the next day. If anyone needs help calculating the date of a yard site for a relative, You can feel free to reach out to me at thethinkingjewpodcast at gmail.com and I'd be happy to help you with the calculations. So to properly understand the significance of what a yard site is, we have to return to a concept we've discussed a few times before on this podcast, which is the Torah's understanding of time. In Judaism, we don't believe in a timeline. Rather, we believe in a time helix, meaning as we move forward in time, We're not just progressing down another spot of an infinite line, but rather we're spiraling forward in time. And every year is another loop going forward in that helix. Now, each date has a unique spot on the yearly spiral, and the date hits that same spot on every single yearly spiral in both the past and the future. The result of this is that in Judaism, We believe that when an event occurs in history, it energizes that spot. And when the time helix hits that spot again in the future, it brings out certain spiritual energies or flows that were present at that moment. They re-enter the world at that time. Take, for example, the recent holiday of Passover. When the Jews left Egypt on the 15th day of Nisan, some 3,300 years ago, that energized that spot on the calendar with spiritual energy of freedom. Now, each year when the 15th day of Nisan comes, that energy is more present in our world, and we're able to tap into that to experience freedom and to free ourselves from what's holding us back more easily in our own world nowadays. And the same concept exists on all dates and throughout history, both for positive as well as negative events. When a holy soul transitions from our world to the next, that also leaves an impact that resurfaces on that same Hebrew date each year, on the soul's yurtzeit. 
When a soul initially departs our world, it ascends up to heaven, and based on the good deeds accomplished during his or her lifetime, the soul finds the appropriate place near God in heaven. Every year, when our world once again hits that spot on the time helix, that same spot on the yearly spiral, the energy and process of the soul being judged and placed close to God in heaven repeats itself. Now, what exactly does this mean? Obviously, once someone passes away, they're no longer able to do good deeds anymore. So what is the point of an additional judgment on the yard site? I heard the following beautiful idea from a great rabbi named Rabbi Eli Mansur, and he explained it using a verse that we say every day at the end of the second paragraph of Shema. The verse says, You should teach your children Torah when you are home and when you are on the road, when you lie down and when you get up. You shall write it on your doorposts of your house. And then the verse continues to explain why are we doing all this. And it says, In order that both your days and the days of your children are lengthened on the land that God promised to your ancestors. And then the verse concludes with seemingly very strange words. It says, Like the days of heaven on earth. What does this mean? And what does it have to do with what the verses have been discussing until now, the days of heaven on earth? Rabbi Mansur explained that while we're alive in this world, we have the opportunity to do good deeds ourselves. We can study Torah, we can perform the mitzvahs. However, once someone passes away, they no longer have that opportunity. But the verse is teaching us, that even when one soul is in heaven, it can still be accomplishing just like when it was on the land, like the days of heaven on earth. How is that? Exactly like the verse begins, when we teach our children to study Torah and follow the word of God in the home and on the roads at all times of day, then even after one passes away, their influence on this world will never cease. When that person's child studies Torah or does a mitzvah, it's a direct credit to that child's parent that educated their child on the importance of Judaism. So this verse is teaching us that even after one passes on from this world, their impact can still continue. They themselves may no longer be able to do mitzvahs, but all the people that they interacted with and that they influenced to do good in the world are still here, carrying on that legacy. And that soul is credited with all of this even when that soul is in heaven. And this, I believe, is what it means that a soul gets rejudged, so to speak, on its yard site. God looks at the soul and says, look how much more good has entered the world on your account this year. Now I want to bring you even closer and closer to me than you were before. With this background in mind, we can now approach the practical customs and laws and understand their deeper meaning as well. On the yard site, there is an ancient custom to light a yard site candle, which is a 24-hour candle that burns from sundown on the date of the yard site until sundown the following day. The custom is to not blow out this candle even if it continues past the date of the yard site, but rather to allow it to continue to burn until it goes out on its own. The light of the candle represents the soul. Like the verse in Proverbs states, the flame of God is the soul of man. And just like a fire, even in our physical world, is always stretching upwards towards the heavens, so too the soul of man always desires and is constantly ascending, stretching up towards the heavens. So on that date on the calendar, when like we mentioned, the spiritual energy of past years is more present, 
we light a candle to represent the spirit and impact of the departed is more palpable and present in our world on this date. And this is why the custom is to not blow it out, as it represents the presence and impact of that soul in our world, something we would never want to shorten or diminish. Some have the custom to visit the gravesite as well, which connects to the same theme of the soul being more present in our world on this date. Additionally, the children of the one whose yard site it is say the mourner's Kaddish across all the prayers that day in synagogue. And if they know how to, ideally they should lead the services as well. The Kaddish discusses sanctifying and increasing God's name in the world. And when the mourner leads the congregation in increasing godliness in the world, the soul, like we mentioned, gets credit for influencing that and for bringing that about. And it's a great merit for the soul. If you want to have a more detailed explanation of the Mourner's Kaddish, you can check out episode 66, which was a full episode on this topic alone. Another custom is to learn Torah on the day of the Yorzite as a merit for the soul. And the idea here is really the same as the last one, which is when we're learning Torah in this world because of that soul, then again, that soul gets a merit for increasing Torah in our world. There's also an ancient custom to specifically study Mishnayis, the Mishnah, on the days of the yard site, and that's because the word Mishnah and the word Nishama, which means soul, share the same Hebrew letters linking these two concepts. In addition to Torah study, any good deed you can do, any learning you can sponsor, any positive action you can add on to your day will serve as an extra special merit for the soul as it's a time of rejudgment to see how his legacy continued in our world. Many people also bring some cake or cookies and a l'chaim after morning services to synagogue to enable everyone there to make a blessing as a merit for the soul, which follows the same concept as all of those blessings were only made in our world as a direct result of that soul. Lastly, some have the custom to fast on the day of a parent's yartite. Nowadays, most people do not do this. However, one should still avoid eating meat and drinking wine on the yartite. That basically wraps up the laws and concept of what a yurtzeit is. I want to again thank Sasha and Alyssa for sponsoring this episode. L'ilu nishmas in memory of Yerachmiel ben Chaim Halevi of Blessed Memory. May the Torah learned and knowledge gained be a great source for his soul in heaven. Until next time, wishing everyone an amazing week. Thank you for listening to the Thinking Jew podcast and for taking the time to study Torah and deepen your connection to Judaism. If you found value in today's episode, please leave us a rating or review and subscribe to the podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or topic requests for Rabbi Moshe, please email thethinkingjewpodcast at gmail.com or visit thethinkingjew.com.